0: My name is Becca Midiki Conlin. I'm the pastor of St. Paul's Lutheran Church on the south side of Easton, Pennsylvania. And
1: I am Lydia Posselt, and I'm the pastor of Family of God Lutheran Church, which is in Buckingham, Pennsylvania.
0: So, we are Lit Liturgy, and this is worship with a twist. And it's because lit means amazing, popping, on fire. It can also have a second meaning. Very drunk. Yeah, we won't get very <laughs> drunk. We won't get very drunk. But we are drinking um, something that I found called
1: For Pete's Sake. Which seems appropriate because later we'll be talking about Holy Week. It is an Imperial Chocolate Peanut Butter Porter.
0: It is from DeClaw Brewing Company in Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, it's, so, it's good. Yeah, we had some, a lot of real chocolate earlier, so it's a little... Right, which you desperately needed after
1: the couple of weeks you've had.
0: <laughs> yes, so we will swear. Um, also, uh, as Lydia just alluded to, the week after we recorded our last podcast, My Church Caught on Fire... Which has been fun, not. Not. Uh, it's overall a fairly minor fire. It's been three rooms and the hallway and the sanctuary. And three weeks later, my congregation's still not back in the building at all. Yeah. Uh, we will be out of the sanctuary and of the building until Easter. And we will hopefully we'll be back in there on Easter. We'll have a big thing, which on our next podcast when we'll talk about Easter and Easter Vigil we'll talk about some of that stuff yeah so stay tuned yeah so it's been fun <clears throat> or not yes, or not not so, so, much, so there's been a lot of drinking in the so, last three weeks <laughs> yeah a lot of drinking a lot of chocolate
1: and um, so so here we are <laughs> we're gonna talk about Holy Week uh, every week or every podcast we uh, pick a theme and um, we spend some time talking about some sort of uh, liturgical worship topic and so today is obviously Holy Week Holy yes. Week
0: Batman. It's coming. <laughs> yes, and because Holy Week is so big, we're actually going to be splitting it up. Today we're going to talk about Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and then on our next podcast we'll talk about Easter Vigil, Easter Day, Easter Cause, Sunday. Because
1: that's kind of a big deal. Yes. A little
0: bit. A little bit. Just just, <laughs> just, just, a tad. just one of the two biggest yeah. holidays of the church here. Really the biggest, but probably not in the terms of the church, not by how a secular world looks Exactly, it.
1: yeah. It's still in the top two, though. Yes. <laughs> so, C&E, CEOs, priesters.
0: But there's also uh, Pace, which is Palm Sunday, Ash Wednesday, Christmas, and Easter. So we're going to talk. Oh. With, yeah, that's what a Catholic friend oh, of pace. mine. Pace. Pace. Yes. Oh. So let's start with one of those Paces, which is Palm, Palm Sunday. Sunday. So if you're a Catholic, it's at one of the big four, apparently. R- apparently. Um, Day obligation or something like that? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Not Catholic. Never have it. been. <laughs> So, so, Palm Sunday. Yes, Palm Sunday. So, Palm Sunday. Uh, first off, where do you order your palms from? I don't know. <laughs> Lydia just I've had, only been there a year. Lydia just I had this complete of look of fear on her face. <laughs> so, I know they've been ordered. I'm not sure if ours have been ordered yet. Oh. Um. So, there's... Want to borrow some? Yeah, so... Most local florists you can get them from, but you can also order the eco palms, which are nice, environmentally sustainable palms that are ordered and shipped to you, and they also are the ones that look like fronds. You're trying to use your hands. I know, my hands are not going to help. But the ones that have multiple leaves coming off of one center stem instead of the ones that look like a giant stick. Right, or a big whip. Or a sword. Yeah, poke people's eye out. Yes. And those are actually uh, palmetto leaves mm-hmm. from, many come from South Carolina, since that's the state tree. It's <laughs> Very sustainable. <laughs> yeah, yes. Local. So, random story, when my dad was on his church worship committee, when I was in, I think, high school, he called up the lo- local florist to order palms, because somehow this became his responsibility, being on the worship committee. And the person on the phone said, oh, do you want Lutheran palms or Catholic palms? Say what? Yeah, and my dad's like, well, I'm Lutheran, I guess I better get Lutheran palms, not knowing what the difference is, never knowing of a difference before. And he was a chaplain's assistant in the Army and worked with both Lutheran and Catholic and other Methodist and Protestant uh, well, Protestant congregations and Jewish and Islam and everything else. He wasn't sure. So he ordered Lutheran palms. Well, they were the ones that had the fronds, like the multiple mm-hmm. leaves. And it was the first time that church ever had those, and they were very confused. He's like, what? I ordered the Lutheran bombs. <laughs> like, Is this what you do? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, there is a nursery in Minnesota that thinks that there's a difference huh. between Lutheran and Catholic bombs. <gasps> and I
1: had the opposite experience, whereas in the Midwest, we had the frondy, you know, this... The bigger yeah. palms. So coming to the East Coast, it's like, Palm Sunday happened, and it was like, what are these? <laughs> what oh, the sticks, are these? The swords? The swords and the sticks. It was like, these aren't
0: palms. Oh, see, and I grew up with the swords, and that was and the that was best. And was well, this was in Missouri when I grew up, and my brother and I would then get into sword fights with them. Yeah. Oh. Which sounds totally safe. He, he will kill me, but he doesn't listen to the podcast, I'm pretty sure. There's a picture of him when he was like five or six years old. I mean, he came home after Palm Sunday, and he had like eight of them sticking up out of his like waistband of his shorts. Oh my gosh. What? But then he was bent over, and he was a turkey. Oh my gosh. That's so great. This is even more <laughs> hilarious because my brother just called me right before we were about to record that. Ah,
1: <laughs> so it's fresh in your memory.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, yeah, so there's so. a lot you can do with those palms. Right. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, so on this day, there's sort of a, besides Lutheran and Catholic palms, there's
0: <laughs> the made also up split.
1: split uh, this is a very real split about do you do Palm Sunday or do you do pa- Passion Sunday? Do you do Passion Palm Sunday? What, it, what do we do? Like, so we used to just have Palm Sunday, and now there's kind of been a move toward Passion Sunday, so.
0: So I have done Passion Sunday pretty much all of my career. I don't think I've ever done just Palm, so. How about I usually you do just Palm with, like, oh. and I
1: use, what I usually do is. We're going to have a fist fight here. <laughs> fight, fight, fight. Um, but then what I do is I kind of take the opportunity, like in the sermon to like, this is, this is the beginning of Holy Week and okay. kind of set it up, um, that way.
0: So what do you do that's creative for just Palm Sunday?
1: Well, uh, I think this year we're going to try to, uh, start outside. That's what I'd like to do, weather permitting. Yeah, it um, is kind of early this year. It is a little bit early. So we are see. And if that doesn't work, we'll probably, um... Gather in the um, multi purpose room and kind of process in um and so to kind of get the movement of we're not just sitting in the pews and doing it, so we're actually like doing a procession of some and, bride and you'll have the
0: parade, yeah, um, the big parade <laughs> no donkeys, no though. donkey though, but no. but that's something you can do is rent the donkey and or a church that I attended one Sunday when I was in seminary um on their Palm Sunday. The pastor rode in on a hobby horse. What? Yes. (laughs) Yep. I will not be doing that. Yes, but it is an option in case renting a donkey is too much money for you, or you're not near farm country to find a donkey nearby. Yeah, just go get a hobby horse. Apparently, is because there is that entire split about whether it was a donkey or a colt, or the colt and the donkey. Oh, and the donkey. Yep. Jesus just had one foot on each. Yeah.
1: And what I would like to do? What do I? I'm not in a very good location for this, but what I would like to do is like to be outside and be visible and to like walk along the road, but the road that's by my church... You would get killed. Yes, we would die. <laughs> it's Lydia's not a good church,
0: idea. Lydia's church is on a very busy road. It There's is, no sidewalk. But no one can find it. That's the thing. No one it can is, find where we are. We're yep. in the
1: Bermuda Triangle of 202 and 413. Oh,
0: hidden behind trees. Hidden behind trees. So anyway. Yeah. Um, um, something that I have done is you can decorate your aisles uh, with... Uh, palm branches and then coats and shirts one year when I was cleaning out my closet anyway. I took a bunch of the shirts and I laid them down on the floor and mm-hmm. had, because, again, that's one of the Gospels. It's about how it was closed as well. People took off their uh, coats for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can either just do the c- center aisle and have people walk up the side aisles if you have them, or you can just put, like, clear plastic down over it if you're worried about tripping hazards. Or Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, especially the yeah. older people. Yeah, or maybe you can just decorate the altar area with them, and then oh yes, not mm-hmm. worry as much about the aisles where people will be walking on. Yeah, that's so. actually
1: a good idea though, because then you still get the effect.
0: Now, do you end your service looking forward at all, or for Palm Sunday, or do you just do Palm Sunday celebration and that's it?
1: I've kind of done. I've kind of done a couple of different ways. I think
0: uh, last year,
1: I think I ended. Probably should have looked this up. <laughs> i think i ended way to be with, prepared
0: lydia way to be prepared
1: i think i ended with another so i started with the processional gospel reading and i think what i did is at the end of the service i had another gospel reading okay. that was part of that was sort of farther along into the um passion story still not like the whole shebang okay. but kind of a little bit more of like setting up um Like, what's to come? And I think, I'm pretty sure that's how we ended the service was like that gospel reading. Then and then the last hymn, "Go in Peace, Serve the Lord," to
0: kind of set it up. So, what do you do for? Well, I was going to say that's actually one of our BYOBs. Is Jenny Shren, um, who told us on Facebook that she has an order of service. She has them for years A, B, and C, in which the service starts with the triumphal entry, moves to Jesus clashing with the religious authorities, and ends with Judas res- resolving to betray Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it sets the stage for Holy Week without going into the full Passion story. So she then saves the rest of it for Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. That's a good compromise. Yes. Um, so I've done the full Passion the last, well, most of my career as a pastor. Uh, so what this started as, um, at my first call, we they had the children's sermon on Christmas Eve prior to me getting there, and everybody hated it. And so we decided, yeah, look confused. Yes, everybody hated it. <laughs> so uh, we decided to... There wasn't time to move it in Christmas, so we decided not to do it at Christmas, and we decided instead we'll have the kids lead Palm Sunday as a compromise. And what I did was we had a dramatic reading of the Gospels, and instead of it just taking place of the sermon, because that and the Gospel part, because that still takes forever and it's boring. Um, (laughs) The Bible is boring. What? Never blasphemy. So what we did was we had the kids lead the the reading part and we had different people who were readers and the kids actually elected my husband to be jesus because he ha- had a beard um that <laughs> was really was the reasoning teary- why um <laughs> uh, so my He's husband tall. was yeah, we, and my husband was the was jesus uh read all the jesus lines and we had uh two of the teenagers be the, the narrators and then the younger kids were all um one of them was peter and read just peter's line and one was you know, the youngest of the kids were, like, soldier and crowd. So they only had, like, one line that was of their own. Um, and we read through the entire service. But what we did was we stopped and reflected and did part of the liturgy as p- response. Mm-hmm. So we started outside with the palms. Then we came in and had the procession. And then we continued with Monday, Thursday. Or the with the – not Monday, Thursday. With the whole, uh, Last Supper part. And then after the Last Supper, we then had communion. Mm-hmm. And after um, – Jesus uh, prayed in the garden. We had that's when we had our prayers of intercession. After Peter denied Jesus, that's either when we had our confession or when we had um, our uh, Apostles' Creed. And so throughout the service, we responded to these points with liturgy parts. And I actually got in everything that you would normally see in a worship service, other than the sermon. So and really well responded by. Congregation members, so I actually now have scripts for all four Gospels, which I'll put up on our Facebook page. So that people want to take them, they are more than welcome to edit them, change them however they want. It's all NRSV translation is what I've used, but people can have them. And we did this at my current congregation for the first time last year, and again, really well received. Part of it is if you get kids to do stuff, the old people are like, "Oh, the kids so great seeing the kids lead in worship that they don't Yay! care that communion is in the first ten minutes of worship." so yeah um, and it
1: breaks it up really nicely too and also kind of gives you a reason of like this is this is why we do certain portions of the liturgy and that's why it's important
0: and it's also a great pastor service for holy week because all i had to do was play mc that's true so i presided at communion and but i don't even think i did the prayers or anything else um and so other than that, I would preside at communion. I would say, like, just as Peter denied, denied Jesus, now let us confess our faith. You know, let's do the opposite. Mm-hmm. Just as the money was collected, let us give our money to God. So we, I kind of just played MC through it. It's great. So I will put those up so people could do it. I would say if you have a larger building or a smaller congregation, you could physically move within the space. So you could um, have part of the service. Um, you know, again, start outside, but then you can move and then be in the sanctuary for communion. And then you can go into the community room, social hall, what, uh, whatever you want to call it, for the part of the crucifixion. I mean, you can set up a corner that has a bunch of plants in it when you're in the Garden of Gethsemane so that you are actually... Setting the stage a little bit, so mm-hmm. yeah, all sorts of stuff you can do, kind of visual and get people involved.
1: Yes, instead of just sitting there listening.
0: Yeah, so that's what I've enjoyed a lot for uh, Passion Sunday, yeah.
1: and it gives you a break, especially if you're a solo pastor. It gives you a preaching break.
0: Yes, especially when you're going to have to be preaching on Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter. Exactly. Right? So you have that day off before all yeah, of that,
1: which which is always a good option.
0: Yes, um, I mean, and there's other options. There you skits. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of those that either tell it from historical, um, or a modern context and, uh, or from one person's perspective. I found some resources at, uh, Reformed Worship or at the Skit Guys. Either of those have those. So, um... And I would just say, make sure that you have this, you know, whoever's leading it, you can make sure that they practice, or there's that idea of the impromptu Christmas pageant out there, you do an impromptu passion story. Yeah. There's plenty of crowd lines out there <laughs> that... Yeah. Participation. Audience participation. Yes. That yeah. the crowd gets into those crowd lines. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And going back to the, going to different um, stations in the church, uh, Daniel Eisenberg also has a BYOB and um, suggested a multisensory... Palm Passion Sunday experience where um, you can, and we'll, we can talk, there's a kind of similar idea that we'll talk about a little bit later too, um, to play up the different senses that are involved in the story, um, uh, you know, um, listening to the, to the crowds and kind of that kind of thing. And so it would be like stations, stations
0: of Palm Sunday, stations of Passion Sunday. Cool. We can talk about that a little bit. Well, let's dig right into that because we have the, for kids and intergenerational stuff. Um why don't you start just dig into what you were saying about the Oh okay energy. so
1: okay so what I'm thinking about doing this year and I've done it in, um I was introduced to it in my internship church it was called uh the Sight, sounds and smells of good friday and how um, that service was set up is that it, was, it wasn't it was a moving around service. We were sitting in the sanctuary the whole time, but there was different readings that were involved. It was different parts of the passion story. And then there was usually some sort of element um, that was related to a part of the story. For example, it was talking about Jesus making a new family and baptism. So then at that point, you heard the water being poured in the baptismal font. And then everybody got up to pee. Right. <laughs> okay. Bathroom break, everybody. Um, and then uh, other things were, like, passed out to take home. For example, a thorn from the crown of thorns, um, a coin from the representing the 30 pieces of silver that Judas, you know, whatever. The, the thing, So the, and one portion was smelling the vinegar that Jesus drank while he was on the cross. However, I, one caveat for, for doing that is how... My internship church did it is you came forward to receive a sponge that was soaked in vinegar. However, it was it was a dark service. The lights were low. You got a square of brown sponge that was soaked <laughs> in vinegar. You were coming forward with your hands open. And I can't tell... About a quarter of the people popped that thing in their mouth <laughs> just out of habit. I'm
0: sure their faces were
1: wonderful. They, so we ended up, like, giving the sponge to people, saying, like, don't eat this. <laughs> don't, eat this. don't eat this. Don't eat this. This is not the body this of Christ. This is not the body of Christ. Don't eat this. So that... Please learn from that. I I think... I hope I've learned from that. And I've also done this the service in a similar way, taking the readings with a youth group and... Um, Having it as different stations around the sanctuary. then, So, turning the sights, sounds, and smells of Holy Week into kind of like a stations of the cross type of thing, where like at cool. each station you receive, you either receive a thing, or you hear a thing, or you smell a thing, and participate that way.
0: But I don't, I think the sights, sounds, and smells of Holy Week is not complete unless you have donkey shit in there, because you know the donkey took a poop somewhere along <laughs> the parade route. But, and actually, go pass on that one. <laughs> My, My congregation beginning. that I went to in high school, we had a donkey and it, oh, multiple years it pooped at the front of the sanctuary But f- oh, I mean,
1: at the front front, like by the altar. Oh. Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, they got smart after the first year and put tarps down up there, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: um, Authentic.
0: Yes. Anyway. Anyway. So, let's talk about some kid stuff for Palm <laughs> Sunday, all of Holy Week, all that good stuff. Because the sight sound, I mean, that's a great intergenerational. It is. Uh, really gets you going. Uh, my uh, One of my congregations we did, we had a Holy Week party after uh, Palm Sunday service. And so, we had all these stations set up for people, for families to go around and learn about Holy Week. So, we did... Um, there's a craft that you can do where you can fill a uh, a dozen plastic Easter eggs, and they each of the things represent part of the Passion. So much about the same thing. So you give them like a small square of the sponge. You give them part of the palm, um, a wafer, and
1: a coin then you, or something. Yeah,
0: I don't remember. You can find this on Pinterest. Just Google the egg carton Passion Week and yeah. Um, and I did the same thing when I was actually in second grade and made a mobile out of it and all oh. these different things. And I'm pretty sure the bread was actual bread. And I found this in my parents' Easter decoration when I was in college. And there's like this little piece of stale bread attached to this and mobile. it was still there? Yep. <gasps> Apparently my parents do not have a mice problem. So I was thinking like mold or something. Nope, staled. Uh, so. It was like a rock. Um, like the stone.
1: It, it turned into the stone in front of the tomb. Yeah.
0: Another station we had was about where you can learn to make the palm crosses, which you do need the spear sword palms I to poke have. the outy once. Yes. yes. Um, and then you can take those extra palm crosses and you can give, bring them to homebound members or decorate if you have a graveyard. Um, you can also make roses out of those same palm fronds, which, again, Google that shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's I learned how to cool, yeah I learned how to make those when I went to uh, Charleston, South Carolina in my in seminary actually. So hmm. um, another thing I'm huge into crosses. I have a huge cross collection as you know, Lydia. You do <laughs> it's places all over your wall? Yes, I have this huge wall that has crosses from places that I've traveled and people have gifted to me. Because um, when you're a pastor, people give you crosses. I wonder why. Uh, oh hmm. I mean, it's that or angels. So I'd rec- angel, much I'll have to take a cross over an angel. Yeah, same. So <laughs> you can have stations in which people make crosses to represent the different days. So Palm Cross for Palm Sunday. Um, if you want to do Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in there, Uh, Maybe you can do a Salvadorian style cross, a painting of Jesus teaching, an icon. You can do words of the Lord's Prayer printed up or a song, a hymn painted on it. Um, broken pottery p- fragments. Yeah, we did that. But be careful. Be very careful yes. if you're going to do that. People bleed. People if you... bleed. Yes. Trust us on this. Pottery one. fragments are sharp. <laughs> uh, Monday Thursday, you can have one that's made out of wheat uh, the stalks, or you can have just a piece of you know some bread and wine, a chalice or grapes or something painted on it. Good Friday, I would suggest a crucifixion or a cross made out of nails. Mm-hmm. Easter Saturday to just have it plain, like yep. an ordinary wooden cross, and then Easter Sunday, some sort of gloriousness. Whee! Cover that thing in flowers or white gold fabric or glitter. And,
1: yeah, <sighs> you like glitter? I don't.
0: Yeah. My sexton <laughs> loves me.
1: <laughs> so, and if you're gonna have a, a
0: Palm Sunday party, have serve some, you know, hot cross buns, which are traditional. Uh, Holy Week food or you can have deviled eggs or devil's food cake and angel foods and cake. angel cake, yeah. Um, there's also, I was just kind of Googling stuff for this, there's, if you have, like say a lot of your congregations originally from like Norway or S- Spain or wherever, like that's their cultural heritage, just Google Holy Week food for Norway and there's actual people that these are foods that only come up during Holy right, Week. Right,
1: yeah. So. Lots of good traditions happening. Um, yeah, there's lots of other fun stuff to do with kids during Holy Week. I've heard of um, making like a passport for kids to like get a stamp or something at each service that they come to over the course of the week um, during Holy Week, which is another way to get uh, people to come to the services. Which like I yeah. love Holy Week, and I do too. It's like one of the lowest attended,
0: and weeks that of the like six year old is gonna drag mom and dad there so that they can get the cross stamp yes. on Good Friday. Oh my stamp, mom. Yes. <laughs> I need my stamp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with that, you can also make coloring books, like homemade coloring books that have pages for each service, so um, that represent the scenes that they're going to see. So, yeah. you, And you can maybe even put uh, two pages, so it's the, as the book opens, on the one side is the story and the other side is a coloring book. They might even make that stuff somewhere if you Google it a lot. It is probably it, is, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. It's it, out there. It, it might be White Jesus, though, so. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, so you can tr- uh, make your own if you don't like what's out there as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: another uh, cool idea that you were yeah. talking about is this the passion the passion scene like a nativity scene. Yeah,
0: so in my congregation we made the stuffed nativity scene this year for kids to play with, and we're like, why don't we make one of these for a passion story? And so it's we're gonna do the same one. And actually, I found on um, Etsy a. Felt board version of the old school, I know, but kids still play with it. But a felt board version of the passion scene as well, so it has like a few different. I mean, it is white Jesus, so that is against it, but it has multiple. Jesus Jesus's uh, both resurrected Jesus and like dying Jesus somehow and on trial Jesus, and then they have other characters that are like Pilate and a Roman soldier and Peter and yeah they have the tomb that you can put the uh, the stone in front of and have it be filled or empty. So hmm. yeah,
1: so. yeah, that's cool because people you know we kids can play with that. Yeah, get interact the, with that.
0: Get the kids involved and they are involved as well. Uh, parents come involved. Yeah. And also, anything that you do disguised for kids, you can definitely do creativity and, you know, people, oh, it's for kids. And they. Yeah. To get the young
1: families.
0: Yes. (laughs) So, So should we move on on to Monday, Thursday? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so Monday, Thursday this year is on March 29th, super early. Mm, not yeah. really, because well, Easter could be in March, but. It could be. It but just it's feels like it. early. Yes. So, traditionally, communion and foot washing is Monday, yeah. Thursday. Yeah. Now, so, did you grow up with foot
1: washing? Uh, no. Actually, I did not. No, yeah. I didn't
0: either. I, the first time I did foot washing was probably in college. Mm. No, because I probably came home every Monday, Thursday, because, you know. Easter break. Right. um Yeah. So probably it was seminary.
1: Ah, yeah. I don't even.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't grow up with it. No. Um, so I'm kind of like, what?
1: Yes. <laughs> people do this.
0: <laughs> um, so if you do foot washing, um, some people who don't grow up with it, it it's really weird because, wait, you want me to. You want somebody to touch my feet?
1: Yeah. Or you want
0: me to touch somebody else's feet especially if it's a servant
1: and then there's people like it it, it's going to be in march so like people are wearing socks and tights
0: yes i I will be wearing tights (laughs) um so i've actually i've included hand washing Mm -hmm. as a station so like we've done two stations one foot washing and one hand washing um just because it still has that act of servanthood and it's weird to have somebody else wash your hands like that's not normal for us either um But then people don't have to take off their shoes and socks and... Yeah, it's less
1: intimate, like weird, like, you know... It's intimate,
0: but less intimate.
1: Right, yeah, like the foot, the foot is like...
0: And I actually had a situation once, one year where we were going to have foot washing... And I was at the church before worship began, and I realized, oh great, I have tights on because it was like an early March, mm-hmm. yeah. or early early March, an early Monday Thursday. So I was in my office like three minutes before worship began, and I was taking my tights off so I could participate in <laughs> foot washing. Right, but then your legs are cold, <laughs> female problems. I also had, wasn't sure if my legs had been shaved lately, and again, you know. female problems. Yes. So. Yeah, but
1: but you know, the, our older members, like it's hard to untie. Untie shoes and yep. there's compression socks and like other kind of things. Yeah, so to worry
0: about. But hand washing really helps with that because it yeah. it gets you still that intent of having somebody else do something for you mm-hmm. that you can obviously do yourself. Right. But yeah. Uh, uh, but also without having to take shoes off. Yeah.
1: And really, the the a bigger focus of Maundy Thursday is really communion. Yes. Over foot washing like that yes. should be your focus. The institution of of communion um so one of the things you can do is you it's probably a really good opportunity to try dinner church yes i think we've talked about that in previous podcasts yeah
0: but yeah just have a dinner church and then you can you know make some make sure some of the food is kid-friendly and Mm -hmm. either you can have one giant table or multiple tables and people just serve you as the pastor blesses the food while there's a loaf of bread at each table Mm -hmm pre-sliced is helpful and people just serve one another yeah. and you normally don't eat it right then you just put it on your ta- your plate as part of your meal and same yeah. with everybody raises their own cup as part of the and you bless the cups as part of the meal
1: and it becomes interactive and more like
0: family centric and yeah and if you have food
1: maybe that'll bring some more
0: people in. often yes <laughs> uh my friend's congregation uh, uh my friend dina uh schaefer she her first call they had Uh, what they called Seder in a Box. And this was before uh, this came out. Uh, They were doing this as a tradition before a lot of throwback happened to Christian Seders. And she would change it now. And it would be like Last Supper in a Box or something like that. But they had a fairly large congregation. Um, They would have people volunteer to host a meal at their house. And then other people volunteer to go to a a dinner uh, service. And then they would be assigned where they were going. And some they were, would keep small groups together and some it would just be this random person that you might not even know from church and you get to know them. And they would keep dinners down to 8 to 12 people. So it's still a small group. Um, and, but at the church they would prepare all of the food prior. They had the, the people in the church that were good cooks would do all of that beforehand. So you as the host would just have to clean your house and then come to the church and grab your box of food yeah. and then have to like warm up some of the food.
1: It's like Hello Fresh of Communion, right? Yeah, like yeah. I, I just thought of that. Like, it's Hello, Hello Fresh. That's one of those, you know, like, yes, yeah. whatever in a box. Yeah, what blue a- Blue apron, yes, yes. So yes. It's like Blue like Apron H- Communion. Hello Fresh <laughs> is better because it's, you like, know, Hello
0: Jesus. Hello Jesus. <laughs> That's what they could call it. Jesus. Hello, Hello Jesus. Jesus. <laughs>
1: Goodbye, Jesus.
0: So, um, yeah, and then they would have another person who's there, the not, not one of the hosts, who would be the worship leader, and they would come with some of the prayers and have some discussion questions, and they would lead a blessing. So, And it was a time for people to get to know one another in the congregation that weren't maybe didn't know each other prior, um, and just have a simple meal together. And they really emphasized that last supper. This was a meal with friends. It was kind of an intimate meal type thing. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. That's great.
0: So, oh, and they did also have one or two meals at the church still. Uh, like a, they had one lunch and like two dinners, but they would have the dinner at the same time, but in different rooms, or maybe they staggered them by a half hour or something like that for those who didn't feel comfortable going to somebody else's house or somebody who needed to make sure that the place that they were going was handicap accessible. That's true,
1: too, um, yeah. Or
0: something like that. Uh, and so they would have those meals throughout the day for people at the church as well. That's so a great idea. But it was the exact same thing. They would just be in a Sunday school classroom instead of someone's home.
1: Yeah, and you, you meet people that you might not yeah, like, interact with normally. Yeah. Another thing that happens often on, like, a Monday Thursday is, like, a dramatic reenactment or like a skit of some kind. I know I grew up with that. I don't know if you
0: did. I did not. Okay. I, I, I remember
1: a couple times the men of the congregation would like, um, reenact the, the typical Da Vinci, you know, last forever. 13 people room. sitting on, <laughs> on one, one side, side of, of the table. table.
0: Yes. Um, I need a table for 26, but there'll only be 13 of us. <laughs> yes.
1: So if you're, if you're going to do one of those, fine and good, but, um, try to... Add some women. And add some women,
0: because there are probably some women Who do there. you think cooked the Last Supper? Right. Come on, people. So, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, just be aware. See, I couldn't tell you what my congregation did growing up, other than we stripped the altar after communion. and mm, Oh, after communion. Yeah. So, not at the end of the service. Well, at the end of the service. Oh, okay. After communion. Um, and that always, like, it, it's not until I was in seminary, and because it's in the the hymnal that i could tell you that that happened on Monday thursday not good friday in my i can never remember either sometimes. yeah but i knew it happened like i can tell you based on the hymnal that it happened on Monday thursday and they would darken the sanctuary and then all the, the altar gill with their white gloves on would come in yes the white stuff. gloves and then the pastor would read something that like psalm just, 22 maybe one psalm that it just took forever um, it was Or along 88? As, it was 88. I don't know. We could look it up. It's we in could. A book somewhere. We're not going to. And then at the end, like once everything was out and it was super dark, he would then slam the book and that was the right? signal that it was the end of the service. Yeah, slam the book. Um. So as a kid, this seemed really weird, going straight from communion basically to that. There would be the post-communion blessing and then we'd do that. And right. so I think if you're going to do it, add some of the story. There's a lot of the story that happens between... Monday, thursday and even jesus's arrest so even if you want to just go to his arrest read that section of the story yeah read how they went to the garden and prayed read about how they actually he came and was arrested like and you can stop it at the arrest you don't have to go as far to as the um crucifixion itself but
1: or the mocking and the yes and stuff like that
0: but you yeah. can go a little bit further, and then it makes at least a little bit more sense in That's my true. child brain that I had. So, yeah.
1: yeah, because in the end, liturgy happens for a reason. Yes. We do this for a reason, and when we don't share what that reason is...
0: It loses the reason. It loses the reason. It loses the meaning. And then, me as a kid, makes up my own reason. Right. Which was my old curmudgeon pastor, which actually was a a sweetheart at the same time. He just liked to make everybody jump when he slammed the book. Like that was it. Wake (laughs) up. He was a pulpit pounder, so he liked to wake people up anyway. (laughs) So, yeah.
1: And one last thing that you could, I think we haven't covered yet with um, Maundy Thursday is um, tying it in with First Communion and like doing something with baking bread and maybe having your first communion uh kids partake in their first communion at the monday thursday service
0: how appropriate yeah and the church that i attended between college and seminary did that and they also had the kids which the communion bread always turned out different like some years it turned out really good and some years it was like potato crisp like potato chip crispy and Oh. or doughy. Or doughy. That's the I worst. don't know. It was that super doughy simple. Jesus. Yeah, it was a super simple bread recipe, but it was always different. And they also made um, their own like pinch pot style clay chalices. Yeah. And my husband dubbed those baby's first shot glass. Yeah,
1: my. Internship church did that.
0: Yeah, both, you know, larger churches <laughs> nice, in Minnesota, so.
1: Nice sentiment, but yeah, it ends up looking like a shot
0: glass. Yeah, so you can have baby's <laughs> first shot glass, and it's a great way to celebrate Monday Thursday, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Anyway. TG
1: Let's CGI move Good on.
0: Friday. Yeah, TGI TG, Good Friday. Moving on to Good Friday. We also have moved on to a new beer. Um, <laughs> yes. Fagley's Brewworks, Works, which is just up the road for me, literally, I walk there all the time, just came out today with a new beer called Devil's Hearth. It's a Belgian-style triple. Ooh, yeah, it's nice and light. I like, ooh. It is. The, the,
1: the you know, other stuff that we were drinking, the chocolate and peanut butter, was a bit
0: heavy. Yeah, this is um, nice and light. Yeah. All right, I'm a fan. Me too. Brew works. Yes. Keep this on your rotation. Speaking of the devil. Yeah, but speaking of the, speak of the devil, it is Good Friday, so.
1: hmm
0: uh, yes.
1: So lots of options. That we yes. Do.
0: do you know what you
1: grew up with, or what you've done, um, or... I know we didn't do tenebrae or station. I think we did tenebrae actually. Okay. No, we didn't. We definitely didn't do Stations of the Cross. Um, so I didn't grow up with that. But I think I remember growing up with something more akin to uh tenebrae, with um, the lighting or not lighting, extinguishing, the extinguishing, the extinguishing of, of the candles. candles. The opposite of lighting of the candles. Yeah. Um. Yes. Um. And I know we didn't do. What are they called? The bit, um, not the bidding prayers,
0: the solemn reproaches. I, That sounds high church, much right? Higher I in, church. We talked than about I, it in
1: seminary. Like we did this whole thing retreat, where like we spent all day um, leading Holy Week worship That for our uh, my worship con- class.
0: My, uh, my uh, liturgy class did that too. Yeah, I think so, uh, Gordon Lathrop started that tradition, and all of his students have followed. Probably.
1: It's but the solemn approaches are like, oh my people, oh my church. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please write that this year as our prayer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then just say, "No, this is traditional yeah, liturgy." We're going to shorten the solemn reproaches. Oh so my God. people, in my church, you, you suck. Because <laughs> it is—it's like God speaking to us. And anyway, anyway, I didn't grow up with that,
0: but I know some churches do that. Uh, yeah. What did you grow up with? Um, I think we grew up with Tenebra. I don't remember Good Friday much. And like I said, I really remember what we did on Monday, Thursday, thinking it was Good Friday. So Mm. um, uh, yeah, but I can tell you my, so I switched, I I, I was a member of a lot of churches in my life. Uh, So the church that I attended in, so I transferred membership the year that I had off in between college and seminary. And I think it was while I was in seminary, when I went back uh, over Easter break, uh, we had, it was the only time I've been to an, an Easter or Good Friday service in which people not just left the sanctuary in silence, but they walked out of the church building and into their cars in silence. And you could tell people were even driving away in silence when there was mul- like families in the car. Hmm. It was a super powerful service. And what they did was they did a multimedia service. So the sanctuary had one screen that was above the altar that they would normally use. And so that screen, um, and then they had another screen up in the corner that was a white sheet, basically. And during, and I don't know if they did officially stations or tenebrae You could, or the seven last words, but you could use either. And they would, during each of the readings, they would have somebody back there basically doing shadow art. And they had that that person holding the cross or, and there's a second person there who at times would like pretend to whip Jesus or would be the person, like Mary at the cross praying. Um, and then the other person was Jesus throughout the thing. Um, and so they had that during the readings and then. After each reading, there'd be some sort of reflection, and that was the multimedia part. So sometimes it was a video. Sometimes it was somebody would come up and do this, uh, like uh, sometimes it was a song that the choir would sing. And then after each one, there was a congregational responsive reading that was fairly short. It was only like maybe three responses. And then this teenage girl would come up and do a liturgical dance, and she got slower and more intentional with her movements throughout the evening. And she would take either take out one of the candles or blow it out. And there was uh, candles that were resting on the altar railing. And it was a super powerful service because there was such a use of multimedia and you felt participatory, but also watching it at the same time. But you felt like, and some of the videos were very um, Passion of the Cross-esque might even been from Passion of the Cross because it's right around the time or Passion of oh, no, the Christ, Passion, Passion of the, of the cross. cross, Passion of the Christ. Ask it was right around when that came out, so it was the super powerful service. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, so that was my favorite service I've ever attended for Good Friday, and wow, I've never really been able to replicate it, come near, close to that powerfulness, but. Mm. I think you can. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> so. well, that's one of the services that I think people, that we get stuck. Like, oh, this is way we've always done it. Yes. We always do the seven last words of Jesus. We always do Stations of the Cross this way. But there are tons of ways. You can do that. To do that. To, to, to yeah. bring it to people, to make it meaningful. Yeah. Um, House for All Sinners and Saints Not Able to Overse Church, I think. Um, yeah. Does a version of the uh, Stations of the Cross where they do, like, may like modernize the yeah so they stations. take
0: the newspaper headlines and um power and newspaper images from events throughout the last year that look like they could represent the stations of the cross so like you know um ones from after one of the hurricanes about why you know about being of suffer- uh, the suffering christ uh, but instead it's these you know, people that live in Houston or Puerto Rico who are suffering post-hurricane. Yeah,
1: and the, and the, I like that because it makes it the, it's not like we're glorying in the suffering of Jesus. Jesus is suffering to participate.
0: And Jesus is with suffer- us. Yeah, yeah, with exactly. And it participates in our own suffering. Yeah, wherever there's suffering in this world, Christ is there. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's kind of the point. Yes. Of Good Friday. Yeah, um, my, um... The congregation I was in in high school uh, that my parents still belong to, one Good Friday, they did, I think it was the seven last words of Christ that they did, and they had each congregation member prepare a two-minute reflection. My dad was one of those, so I really remember what he prepared because it was fairly powerful to me because he told part of his... Uh, story of a youth that he's fairly protective of um, because he had a fairly bad childhood and so I remember that. Couldn't tell you what anyone else talked about. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even tell you what my dad's, what words my dad's preached on. Um, But I will say, if you're going to have congregation members do this and you tell them two minutes, they're going to take five and there's seven, so that's 35 minutes of people just talking, so... Um, which isn't a bad
1: thing if that's kind of like the bulk of your service but just plan for that
0: yes and multiple Mm -hmm. but then you also have seven voices that aren't the pastors that aren't people that normally talk exactly so that's powerful. It's always awesome and then you have seven families that will show up because somebody in their family is doing something so
1: yeah again like this is like the, the lower attended services of the year which
0: is sad because they're so great yes Oh yep. So, um, you can find much like what we said for Nadia's congregation of the uh, the images of the news. You can use like an art project for, uh, not an art project, but like a piece of artwork Mm -hmm. to represent each station, or you can have a prop that represents each station. Um, you know, like a whip, or and you can just kind of line those up. Maybe if you have like you're in your social hall that has a stage, you can just kind of line those up on the stage, or you can do you know, something else. Of, yeah, be
1: creative, you
0: know. Yeah. Um, there's always then the tenebrae of you extinguish the candles. Yes. Which is good, but you have, do it in some sort of creative way. Like that liturgical dance piece really mm-hmm. added a lot yes. to that service that I went to of having that. You could have the person who d- just did the reading or who just gave that two-minute reflection, their family extinguish the the candle so it's not like Mm -hmm. one person Ah, so it's like an interesting reversal of advent oh oh yeah where the family comes up and lights the candle yeah yeah. um i've seen the pounding uh nails into a larger cross where you can you know either pound nails or you take like smaller nails and you push them into the cross and it's and you have a sheet of paper that represents your sins
1: yes yeah
0: I did that one year, and we did called it "Regrets," and I was not a worship leader on that one, and I had huge problems about calling sins "regrets," which is a soapbox. I know, <laughs> I have my soapbox. <laughs> um, sin, not all regrets are sins. Not sins are all. Regr- not all sin, uh, sins are regrets. So, but <laughs> there was some alliteration issue. Was not a fan of that service. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, yep. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, right. uh, I'm. You can do a tableau-style reenactment. I found one on Reformed Worship. It's called The Path to the Cross. Um, that sounded pretty interesting. They had four scenes, so it wasn't the full seven and or uh, 12 of the stations, just four, and they have where you have your... Basically, the scene comes up and people pa- hold a position while a reading is happening, and then they're allowed to move after that. Mm-hmm. And then they do another one, and there's an entire... Script to that, so that and that's the bulk of the services. So, but there's others. You could do something like that with all seven, where you have people, you know, are doing. I did a Stations the Cross actually when I was in high school, uh, youth event, where people went from station to station, and at each station there was people who were doing tableau style. Mm-hmm acting out a scene yeah
1: but you're not yeah you're not like bound by the seven last words no or like the 12 stations of the cross no you can play with it like it's it's okay
0: yes you can miss some of those (laughs) like skip some
1: yeah um or or like yeah um the ones that are meaningful
0: yeah because really i could tell you two of the seven last words right now i thirst (laughs) i thirst and my god my god why have you forsaken me right it is finished oh yeah okay three um yeah, we'd have to look up the rest. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there you I go. need to share my favorite Good Friday uh, um, fact, which someday I will preach on. I just have yet to have the gall to do this. So the I thirst um, thing. So my husband studies ancient Near Eastern history, as one does. Um, <laughs> A.K.A. he studies Iraq and Iran three to 5,000 years ago. But when he was in college, his undergrad degree... Uh, he was a classics major and so he studied a lot more Greco-Roman history as well. And he took a class in college, so you know, we're talking, I've known this fact for 12 years and I've yet to preach on it, um, that when they excavated Roman bathhouses, there are bathhouses would have these grand rooms in which there's seats all around the edge of the room, which is where people like sat when they were at the bathhouse. And most of the room had like finished, like solid seats, and then the other half of the room had seats with holes in them, and that was the toilet end of the room. And only near the toilet end of the room, they would find sponges with sticks on it, hmm. uh, or sticks with sponges on the end. And so they've they've discerned that this must be ancient toilet paper. So in the the passion in which. Somebody there is, I thirst, and so they give Jesus the soaking, the vinegar in a sponge on a stick. We often think that's, oh, it's because they needed to reach Jesus on the cross. Most likely, Jesus was only like six inches off the ground. They easily could have reached his mouth with a sponge, but they put it, it's a sponge on a stick because they were giving him vinegar. Or ancient toilet paper-soaked vinegar. (gasps) Or, yeah. Vinegar-soaked toilet paper. They add insult to injury to this. Wow, that adds
1: a totally another layer to that. Yes. So
0: if you really want to, like, be creative, you can do this entire toilet-themed Good Friday service. But just, like,
1: add to the humiliation of, of, like, this is,
0: wow. (laughs) Yes. So just, like, I mean, you think about the, like, and you could do something a little bit more modern about talk about like at the Holocaust about Mm -hmm. how people would do things to like the shaving of hair when they know that they're going to go put people, you know, Jewish people into the gas chambers right away, but they would shave their hair first as this humiliation, you know, as this one extra level of humiliation and how often like people, we do that to people. We We
1: dehumanize them in these ways that are deliberate. Yeah.
0: And so, Jesus entered into that and said, "Yes." Bring so it no on. wonder why Jesus didn't—he didn't want it because it was vinegar. He didn't want it because it was toilet paper. Right? Yeah. Can you
1: imagine, like,
0: yeah, Ew. Mm-hmm. Yes. and probably like, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, back to <laughs> that was fascinating, though. Yes. Yeah, so random facts that I have learned from my husband and right. his- area of study so someday i will preach on that on good friday i sometimes minutia is good yes maybe <laughs> i'll somehow figure that out this good friday yeah. so um, it just feels like it's such a powerful day and it is a powerful message but to like get at it takes so much background that i feel like we take it away from
1: right when when it gets lost in the kind of this is what we've always done it we've always done it yes you know this way and ritual and um yeah. but how do we Make it meaningful for us now.
0: Yeah. So another meaningful thing you can do, um, you can do a prayer walk. Um, Maybe have your service be outside. So go from corner to corner in your neighborhood. Yeah, Lydia, don't do this in your neighborhood because you'd get run over um, because you don't really in a neighborhood. But I could do it because my congregation is definitely in a neighborhood. And then outside different Uh, whether you do it on just from corner to corner where you hear different parts of the story, or if you are really downtown where you have the courthouse and the city hall and law offices all near and a park all near each other, you can go from the courthouse to the law offices or city hall for the parts of the trial. And then you can go to a park when they're at the garden. And then you can go to the jail when you get to the part where they are You know, crucifying Jesus, or a place where the homeless people hang out when Peter is in denial, and just have these parts where you hear part of the story, and then you can either pray about those places in modern day, or pray about the people who, yeah, pray about them for modern day, and and make that connection to our modern lives.
1: And especially if you are in or near a city that where there's a lot of murders, Mm -hmm. a lot of violence. I participated in. Um, prayer walks, not for Good Friday, but um, like in Trenton and stuff. Um, and those are really powerful, so to kind of yeah. like, rec- reclaim those spaces.
0: And even if it's not a huge murder, I mean, it's a place where somebody got hit yeah, know, by a car while they were crossing the street, or a bicyclist got hit and mm-hmm. died. Like Those are just as powerful of here is an unnecessary death that happened.
1: And often there are crosses that are put in yep. those sp- spots, so you could, you could easily tie that in mm-hmm. um, so it becomes more That this is, like, this is real-life stuff, and it affects us and is part of our lives now.
0: Yep. So, any other final words on the first half of Good Friday, or Holy Week? I think we covered it. It was a little more stream of consciousness, but, um... yeah. I think we got it. Excellent. So we'll be back in uh, in your feed in probably two weeks or so with yeah. a Easter uh, Easter Vigil Easter service, and we yeah. might touch on the Easter season as well then. Yeah. Uh, we haven't quite figured out that plan yet, but um, we'll Obviously be Obviously,
1: we're not doing scripture shots um, for this particular one. And um...
0: No, because, again, all of these, you have to do the debate, are you going to do John or are you going to do Mark? Exactly, yep. Because you can do John or Mark for um palm sunday good friday or monday thursday yeah um, and if you're doing the
1: seven last words you're doing all of them so like yeah it's just really like or field of stations of
0: the cross is all of them too so. yeah
1: exactly so um
0: yeah go 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 at it yeah maybe forward. maybe pick your idea and then pick the scripture that works with your idea yeah, exactly. So, There's so much like, out there. if you decide that you're gonna do very communion heavy Monday Thursday, don't do John c- about foot washing. Do, right? You know, do Matthew Mark. Or well, Matthew Mark or like Mark because we're in the year of Mark apparently. Um, <laughs> apparently, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to. But if tell. you're gonna do more foot washing and service based on Monday Thursday, do foot washing. Yeah. Do or do John. So yeah. Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Becca, and this is Lydia, and we are Lit Liturgy. And before we go, let's thank Brian Ordine for a yes, great, as
1: always, theme music. Fantastic.
0: And you can find us at uh, Lit Liturgy on Facebook or on Twitter. Twitter, and you can also email us at litliturgy@gmail.com. Yes, find us, please do. Is that everything? I think so. All right. Let us know about some of your Easter and Easter Vigil ideas, and we'll t- be back with you in a few weeks. Bye.